Exactly. So, what villain would fuck up Michael in the most epic way? Kill people. So, it's mostly about Michael with little hints of what villain we think would fuck us. Well, we're going to go around and, like, pick them for each. Like, we're not just going to do Michael. We're just starting with him. Oh, so we're all going to, like, be like, I think you'd get fucked up by this bitch. And then we'd be like, you'd get fucked up by this bitch. And then I'd get fucked up that. Exactly. Welcome to the Whovian Review After Dark. I'm Shelby. I'm Michael. I'm Colin. Shit. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm James. Welcome to the Whovian Review. Apparently we started. <laughs> we started a while oh, ago. Oh, God, I love doing that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've been caught now. I've, you know, this is, I'm supposed to be on the other side of it, Shelby. You know, the trade. I've, well, you know, you're literally on the other side of the table right now, so you can't. I mean, I have my own, like, persona that I like to portray here on the podcast. <laughs> oh, she's gone. I'm <laughs> sorry. Anyways... <laughs> Don't know how much of that you heard, but we're doing a podcast. Congratulations, everybody. And it's apparently about villains. What, what, so what, what is this topic? Oh, uh, we're starting with uh, who would fuck up Michael in the most epic way. Me. Which villain? Villain of Doctor, of Doctor Who. Who. Oh. Would fuck them up. So not necessi- we're not talking about necessarily killing them. Well, him. yeah, because you brought up the thing before I started recording about how, you know, if you get attacked by a Cyberman, they're not really going to kill you. They're going to upgrade you. Oh, see, this is confusing. See, I don't even know what we've talked about, you know, <laughs> via before the podcast or on the podcast. Doesn't but matter. yeah, I, I think we were going for which, which would kill us. You know, the most epically, which my philosophical problems were first, you know, is it upgraded? Is that getting killed? If you get, you know, thrown across time, are you killed? If you get sucked into another universe, are you killed? But then also epic. That's something I didn't consider because for me, I'm just going to out myself. I thought my most epic kill would be a weeping angel only because like... You know, anxiety disorder. You're always freaking out, always looking over your shoulder. Something's chasing you, but you can't really see it's there. But at the same time, you don't really die. You just get put somewhere else. Like, that's not... Or is it... it I wouldn't be happy about it. I think the silence would be more freaky for you because you'd be seeing all these tally marks and having an anxiety attack over the tally marks all over your body trying to remind you of something that that you don't know what's there that's a great point not knowing for me is like my biggest here's the thing though is that if you didn't do the tally marks then you wouldn't know that you were being chased by the silence. And it looks like every time we see one of the characters in Doctor Who get, you know, interact with the silence and, like, be, like, freaking out about it, and then they turn and they're just like, oh, everything's fine. Like, they don't seem to have any, like, lingering anxiety over what they just saw. Like, it seems to be a full, clean, emotional, mental wipe of the memory for, you know, after you look away. So it, it seems like you really wouldn't be anxious if you didn't put tally marks all over yourself. Right, and, and actually, you're the villain in that story. You're the one that's making yourself anxious with the tally marks. Otherwise, you know, where's where's the room for fear? <laughs> so it you really know, depends on you. As soon as you look away, <laughs> you know, all your trauma, all your anxiety is gone. So, so, so is the anxiety more detrimental or is what silent is, is trying to make you do more detrimental? And that's the real question. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I didn't think about the silence, but like, <laughs> oh, you're right, Michael. That would like destroy me to know that I've been seeing something and I have all these clues, but I can't figure it out. That would drive me absolutely crazy. You know 
I'm, I'm going to be honest. I might, like, in a really sadistic kind of way, sort of, or I guess masochistic kind of way, like, enjoy the mystery of it. If I just, like, like without having any knowledge of Doctor Who, if I just, like, realized that I, like, kept having tally marks appear on me, like, I feel like I would, you know, be investigating that shit. I would be, start, like, slowly figuring it out, and I would, like, well, get into it. You and ultimately, be. the silence would probably kill me in a pretty, you know, like, that lightning thing or something, and, like, I, it would be the mystery. Where did Shelby go? She went down a tunnel. She never came back. Nobody knows. Um, but for the time leading up to it, I probably would get into the mystery and, you know, I don't know. Or I might be like an anxious wreck. I'm not really sure what I would do. Since we're on the subject, Colin, how do you think you would interact or how do you think you would react if you were like approached by a silent like character? I think it'd take me a while to, you know, determine what was going on or that I had a limited memory of what was going on. Like, I don't even know how I'd get to the point where I'm carrying around a Sharpie, let alone, you know, stroking myself with it, you know, every time I see a strange creature. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I would really be foiled by the silence, and I wouldn't know what happened. I'd be scared in the moment, you know, that I, I'm aware of them and looking. Um, but exactly. it could be very brief, you know. I, I don't know. It, it, but that's weird. I guess in death, you don't really have memory of it either. So yeah, it's how quick it is, for, what that experience from, is. But I, I feel like I could experience the silence and walk away with no trauma and no major impact on my life. I, if I get out of it a lot. Maybe I would agree have. with you. I'd agree with you on that because I don't actually ever put ink on my skin, like tally marks or anything, like pen ink or, or marker ink. So I would never actually do that in the first place. So I wouldn't even know if I had seen the silence because I would forget them immediately. Yeah. Is I mean, that not concerning to you is my point. If I just suddenly had marks all over on me, I'd be like, there's something wrong. I need to figure it out. What's happening? Am I dying? Is this like some kind of help thing. I feel like that in itself would kind of drive me to madness before, like, the silence got to me. Right. And it, feasibly, they started putting the tally marks on themselves, like, because the doctor told them that that was the, the plan, and they, yes. you know, went and did that. So it was like, they knew beforehand what they were doing. It wasn't a surprise to see that, you know, they, they weren't like, what do these marks mean? You know, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, but, like, the so first like, time, the first mark has to come from somewhere. And yeah. Even, even when it is one mark, I mean... Yeah, that's not even meaningful. It's like, oh, I guess I brushed up against something once. I mean, like, where? what's the leap in meaning that you're taking without that further context that there are these creatures, that you look at them, they disappear, this is my plan for knowing that they're around. Well, here's the other thing, too, is if, what, if you were to interact with a, a silent, like, frequently, then you would totally get diagnosed with, like, schizophrenia or something like that because people would see you act in like just strange ways you just start freaking out and like shouting at seemingly nothing and because no one else remembers anything being there and then like well, they you remember don't remember you doing that well that's a good point they're tricky mm -hmm. is there any other guys that you know would fit your guys's well, actually i have a really nice parallel to this conversation that we're having right now that i think is about anxiety freaking out almost happening to yourself mm -hmm. but also maybe you know, maybe it's the creature maybe it's not it's coming back to my favorite episode it's listen where there might be one of the best villains of all time and there might be nothing but fear itself going on too which could be the best villain of all time right and I think really either way you know it's a creature that can't be seen can't be detected 
until it's it's got you and does whatever it wants to do with you. And, and you like don't the silence know, the whole time. Yeah, it's it's a mystery about what it wants, its motivation, everything else. But even if it's not there, just the potential for you to drive yourself crazy, go down the rabbit hole of fear, and what's around the corner, and where did I put that piece of chalk? Or that cup of coffee. Yeah, that, that's enough to, like, really take a toll on you for long-term, like, madness into a descent, into a slow descent, you know, that would be horrible. That's, that's like, an epic way to go in one sense. It's not a big bang, flashy explosion, but it is epically devastating. I think I know, though, that that would not be what would be the most epic thing that would happen to you. I think the most epic thing that could happen is that the Daleks turn you into one of their servants, and then you turn on Shepard. <gasps> wow. Oh, and let me epic. just say, that was something that I had been thinking for a while. Why have that- you been thinking of that for a while? <laughs> I just came up with this topic a few minutes ago. Maybe <laughs> 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 like with the Master and the Doctor, and like when Clara was in that Dalek, and she was like, I am Clara, I am Clara, and she was like, I am Dalek, I am Dalek. It makes me think that maybe the the villain that would take it on us, you know, the, give us so, the most <laughs> epic experience is really Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just the writer here. I'm not the actual villain. The fact that he comes up with this, Michael, you're oh, probably... Oh, actually, whoa, I do want to knock on that. I feel like the writers are the most epic villains of Doctor Who. <laughs> Especially during the last Doctor era. I'm kidding. Oh, no, I meant more because they create the villains that attack all the main characters. True. Oh, there's going to be... Oh, yeah, okay, scary. I but I mean, wouldn't Sorry, that be an epic that. way to, so if, if we had an actual plot for us to be in a Doctor Who story, having Colin go uh, turn into a Dalek agent and then turn on Shelby, wouldn't that be Oof. like, wouldn't that, and then, I mean, that would also be, that wouldn't be your way to go out, but that would definitely be something that you'd be involved with. Wait, what? Why would that be Colin's and not mine? Well, I guess it would be both of yours. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't really be the kill, necessarily, but the... Well, it, one of us would be killed. You'd be more well. It should be a, when you, you get turned into a Dalek puppet, you're already dead. As far as we know, yeah, yeah. So then it's kind of not that bad. It's not really me anymore. I think he could kind of make that distinction. That would be a good way to get it Shelby. Was, then I guess it was horrifying. <laughs> I wouldn't like to know that that was my fate. That would be yeah. That that's horrible. That, that's a horrible fate to, to yes. know that I'm going down. But if I don't, and I'm just a a Dalek corpse kind of a guy. You know, still, it's not... It's not being a Cyberman. Like, are you even really you? I I don't know. Are you? Are you dead? Are you alive? Are you just upgraded? Hmm. It's hard because, you know, even humans, you know, all of our cells turn over, you know, every, what, like, seven years or something? Like, is is that us dead and and come back to life in another form? No, because I'm the same person I was yesterday who was the same person that she was the day before and so forth. Because you have a story about it? Cybermen have stories. No, I have a a chain of of me that travels through time. But yes... So Cybermen do too. Yeah, so if your brain... I think that Cybermen is like... I mean, it depends because, like, it depends what iteration of them. There's some where you've got, you know, some of these characters just, like, can, like, override the Cybermen and, like, you know, function on their own. You've got others that are just completely incapable of, of fighting it in any way, you know? So it's it's hard to say how much of you you are. Like, your brain moves along, but does any of your personality, any of your thoughts, and certainly not your feelings... 
And at least a lot of things are inhibited. It sounds like there's a lot of suffering involved. Yeah, it you know, seems you like perceive, it. You know, bad things. There's a, there's a consciousness there, it seems. Yeah, there always seems to be a, a repeating theme of, you know, if you were to know what you've become, then you would, you know, freak out. And so that's why you have to inhibit the emotions or they're in horrible pain or something along those lines. Yeah, it wouldn't be a, an ideal scenario for me. I would think yeah. I think I just thought of another scenario for Jace. Why do you have to target me? We haven't targeted Michael yet, and that's how this whole thing like started. He's well, going to be like, no, that doesn't make sense because of this reason, or like... No, I'm, I'll, I'll listen to whatever you have to say, but I'm just saying, okay. I, I just thought of this one. What about Jace? What if the Pating starts eating everything around you, including all the food, and then you can't eat? Oh, you just called me fat! Then you starved to death. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you love to eat. You love food. So now, that if is he was like... Kinda, if he was go- going there, he would say, the adipose comes and takes you all away and eats all your fat and you're dead. Um, just to add some context to this, Jace is, like, by far the skinniest person among us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I have gained He's like weight. the David Tennant. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, to be... If I'm being frank, just for the viewers... Sake, I have gained weight. My mom has made it very apparent to me. Do and I care? No, really. no one else has noticed. No. Well, <laughs> when you have abs and then have like a beer belly, then yeah. But I don't really care. I do like to eat. And we're in quarantine, so I have nothing else to do but eat cookies. Right. It's and a common beer. scenario. That yeah. would but that would be kind of epic for you, though. I hate you. Even though that's like... Imagine the- someone just goes into <laughs> your space and eats all of your food, Jace. What would you do then? That's your worst nightmare. I feel it's like the bad. weeping angels would really get me because I blink too frequently. Oh, well, yeah, I think they would get you. And then what, what's that experience like when you're... You get zapped. Starting back. But, but like, but yeah, but that one's not like as bad as just fully getting killed, probably. Well, but if you were separated from Colin... Mm-hmm. That, yeah. So you're just thrown into a random moment in time? Is that what the deal is? Uh, it's not a random... Your space? It might be random or the angel might choose it, but it's sometimes so that you die before you would naturally if you stayed in your current time. Was so it, it's always back in time. Was it ever explained why they do that? They they eat, like, there's this energy that comes off of um, time travel called Artron energy, or kind of sticks to you when you time travel, and they, like... The some, potential energy. Yeah. They somehow manage to, like, um, when they zap you back, they, like, feed on, yeah, like, your potential life that you would have led here all of that time is, like, converted into energy, and they, like, consume it. So going after, like, children would be, like, the best way to go. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of spooky. But they do go after younger people quite often. I mean, I would kind of like there to watch There was that, that one where we saw the, the, the little, little girl and the grandma and stuff. That was awful. Oh, yeah. Think about like all the potential like unborn children. That could Let be me just get this of... pregnant woman real quick. Right. Like That would be like their targets, right? Oh, wow. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Just like, you know, you see people coming out of hotel rooms and... Just try and grasp something. After Valentine's Day, that's when you take them. <laughs> I think one, I, I know one that could be kind of humorous for the whole group, and that's the Ronnie. If she did a brain experiment on all of us and switched our persons into another person's head. Oh, and just, just traded brains into different bodies yeah, here? Exactly. Oh, like in Scooby-Doo? Yeah, kind of like that. I could see that. <laughs> like that. That, would be, that would be kind of awful. That would be pretty wacky. <laughs> kind of wacky, yeah. If we were to switch bodies, I'm kind of curious, like... Well, we would definitely 
obtain the voice of the body we switch into rather than if you were to switch bodies with me how do you think you would react and what would you do Mm -hmm. i would bask in the youth and the extra years of life that i've gotten ahead of me i would be digging my ginger beard if I <laughs> I'd be like, I'm gonna sculpt this. I'm gonna moisturize it. I'm gonna give it some hair mask. I've been trying, you know. It's 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 work. I put on makeup. Be like that bearded makeup man. Glitter beards, of course. Things. Put some ornaments on. Beardaments, yeah. I or mean, if I things. turned into Shelby, obviously I'd have a lot more to uh, play with in front of me. <laughs> that that's a, well. I, I think that's a lot of men's dreams though is to become a woman for a day just to just to see what it'd be like to have a chest. I play with my boobs sometimes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even if you don't have boobs, like you still play with some. I mean, I still you know swimming. <laughs> okay, you hear about like, <laughs> differentials and nerve endings and you know potential for you know multiple um, multiple situations. Multiple True. situations. You know, that's, there's a lot to explore. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that was like by default everyone's reaction. But I wanted to see if anyone had any like PG things that they would do. Like, oh, Jace, yeah. you're young. I'm gonna just walk out into the world and be like, hey. This is me. I don't know what you would do. In my uh, who, who do you think um, is their own worst enemy? The most. The doctor. I was talking you, about out of the four, four uh, of us. Oh, the gonna, four of us? Yeah. Our own worst enemy. And then I was going to slap on a, a Zygon to the situation. Our own worst enemy. That could be an epic I, situation. I think it's me or Jace. I was gonna say it's either me or you, only because. Okay, yeah. Let's let's pair yeah. you guys both up, you know, Just, in yeah. our hypothetical scenario with Zygons that are yourselves. Okay, I would Ooh. kill the other Zygon. I like to think that I would have some epic times with the master. Just saying. Um, I agree. But honestly, if I was up against, if I was truly up against myself in a Zygon situation, then I feel like I would. Well, no, no. I was, I was gonna say I, I might go like more, you know, Osgood with it, but uh, actually, no. I probably would, you know, as the Zygon, be awful to myself. <laughs> All right, so now you guys have to come up because we started off with me, and nobody's actually brought me into this. So, All right, Vashon Narada just shadow over Michael and just eat the crap out of him. Actually, Vashon Narada, that that concept does really. Freaking out! I mean, everyone's got you know the like little child fear of the dark because you can't see anything. I feel like every time we explain these, we talk about a villain. We should explain what they do. Okay, these are like like swarms that look like shadows, and they stalk and they hunt you. And sometimes you know, oh, is it that one chicken bone thing? Yeah, Yeah. you could throw a chicken. They could. That would be awfully quick though for me. Um, So. But like, but they say you know, yeah, like you could just walk out into the darkness and just never come back. Um. But Michael, I feel like Cyberman would be hard for you. Yeah. That was going to be mine. As your boyfriend, I think one of the hardest villains. Because keep in mind, I don't know that much about Doctor Who. I only know mostly New Who and some of the classic Who. But I think it would be Cyberman only if it was like a very unique situation. Not those situations in which you'd be like, oh, human, dead. But more of those like, okay, I'm in this situation as Michael is this actually death or not? And you kind of just being like, well, balancing the pros and cons and just having to like make a really unfortunate decision kind of thing. <laughs> and just being like, well, I guess I'm not technically dead, but also I can't do this. I feel like that's kind of the predicament that I could see. Oh my here. God. I, I, I have it. I have the villain that would be the most epic Michael death. What? 
indecision. He yeah. stands there having to decide, do I kill the alien creature or do I let all of the humans die? So he and like he's standing over the button and not sure what to do. And in the meantime, whatever thing is coming to blow up the situation just blows him up because he can't make a decision to press the button or not. <laughs> I actually agree. <laughs> out, of, out of all of us, he's probably like the most like doctor-ish E1 when it comes to like making decisions where it's just like ah except the difference is he won't make a decision and then everyone just dies <laughs> so I like I like Jace's answer I think the Cyberman is, is pretty terrifying across the board though um, and, and you know my next answer might be as well I like Shelby's answer of indecision um, but at the same time I have a hard time making it a villain yeah, and I, no, I know that's... it's a cop out because I pretty much called fear a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you you really know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, mine is lingering to a potential real enemy out there in Doctor Who. No, I, I absolutely was, admire the you know, fact just... that you brought up listen because I I just not like like we brought up before not knowing. That's yeah, because like, like I think we could do like an emotion or yourself or like a tough situation. There's a lot of things like even like having to mourn for a loved one or something. That's something in Doctor Who that I think is awful and terrifying. But my answer for Michael is going to be Michael taking the shoes of the Doctor, and it's going to be the Master. Ooh. Ooh, it's it's a it's one of Michael's oldest friends, a meaningful relationship at one point that is lost and turns wrong. He knows so much about Michael, how to get into Michael's. Um, tendrils, how to how to encompass everyone and everything that Michael cares about the most, and put it on display in an epic, showy moment to d- destroy it, and then along with himself, potentially in a slow, demeaning manner. I think that is is Michael's. I'm yes. gonna drop this really quick. Can I be the master at like Awesome Con and you just be like your favorite version of the doctor? <laughs> I know that's like fucked up to say right now, but I think that'd be kind of fun dynamic. Not that I'm gonna like screw you over. <laughs> Probably. No, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We hope just not. not in that way, in a different way. But yeah, I actually really like that, like the spin of you, yeah. your biggest. Being, being yourself, basically. Not yeah, and, and I, I like the spin of having the relationship that the Master has to the Doctor rather than that the Master would have to anyone. Because knowing you, sometimes, you know, it'd be difficult to distinguish a friend from an enemy and those lines being kind of blurred and not knowing where you stand but still having some kind of relationship. Two, two things that would come to mind for me, and this is going back to the classic series. One, I have a huge sweet tooth, and the Candyman would be a very easy way to dis- to get rid of me. That's what he showed me. When he man. said, but, I'm probably the Candyman, I was like, that's hilarious. But the worst one... I haven't seen that one yet, so you're going to have to explain. Meglos is a cactus creature during the Tom Baker era that puts the Doctor in a time loop. What if someone put me in a time loop watching the same Doctor Who episode with never-ending... Like in Doctor never, Strange. Like, like never seeing the end of a doctor of that Doctor Who story. Or or a new story that I've never seen, just seeing the only the first five minutes over and over and over again, never getting to see the rest of it. So just living in that and basically purgatory. Yeah. That that would be awful. Or is it? it would be. But I feel like the master could design such that, a scenario. Yeah, no, that you know? master that master one that you came up you with. You know, he creates paradox very, machines. You know? That was very epic. I find it interesting how you said that, given that I now understand your newfound, your newfound love of Doctor Strange as far as, like, superheroes go. Yeah. Because that's exactly, you know, something that could potentially happen in the movies, and I shouldn't say anymore. 
Yeah, we could become wizards <laughs> at any moment. You know, you never know. I wasn't <laughs> a fan of that movie because I thought it was too fantasy and Harry Potter like, and I'm not kind of into that kind of stuff. But I, I, I liked it. He oh, was. Cute. I will eat that stuff up. But <laughs> Jace, what do you? Which villain do you see would be the one that would take you down? Have you thought of that yet? I mean. You know me very, very, very well and have for years. So when you said the silence, I was like, okay, now that you put it like that, it would drive me crazy not knowing what's happening. And I would, it'd be, I'd be basically like a robot that's just having like, do I exist? Do I not exist? And then just explodes and dies. And, you know, <laughs> that kind of just causes itself to break down. But I think that makes a lot of sense. I was going to say the Weeping Angels, but honestly... The only issue I had with the Weeping Angels was just, like, being followed and not being able to do anything about it. But with the silence, it's the same thing. Only the fact that I wouldn't know what was happening and all I have was a bunch of clues and then just not know how to compute with them and then therefore destroy myself. And Colin, how about you? Do you have anything that you believe that would take you down? I think you came up with a really good scenario for me, you know, but I I think it has to be crafted just a little bit differently. Like if I knew that I was going to be a Dalek or if I had, you know, one of those Clara setups where I more or less was a Dalek and I was coming to like kill Shelby and forced to do it, you know, that just seems horrifying. You know, to get locked into one of those, like it, it seems like... Well, you know, really a siren with a potential for a lot of conscious suffering. But then, you know, I died, you know, from being a, you know, they killed me or something. Or you know, get out of alive. Or being in the Dalek situation. casing and not being able to tell Shelby to get out, even though in your mind you're screaming at her, get get away from me. But at the same time, <laughs> of course, you'd probably get away anyway. It's a Dalek. Right. But if it was you, because the Daleks have also used human uh, Dalek-like creatures that actually do the same. Yeah, thing, I mean, so. I'd be—I'd probably be trying to like win him over to my side, but I'd try to do it from like behind him, not like facing the gun. It's kind of yeah. reminding me of like that Cyberman situation that Bill was in, where you know Cyberman's this like threatening creature, no matter even if you know that there is like a heart behind it, behind the steel, it's just you're still super threatened by it. So oh, yeah. what happens yeah. then? Yeah. It's hard. There's a lot of scenarios that could just be horrible and horrifying. It's okay, so a lot of Daleks. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, Daleks, it's, it seems like it's hard to escape from them. And, you know, with the right situations, they could craft. I mean, I still feel like I could come up with a better super <laughs> villain for you. because Michael's, I want to say so, too. I just need more, you know. Yeah, I, because I haven't like, gotten enough time for Yeah, my, but Michael's so, scenario so is pretty uh, impactful. <laughs> yeah, but, like, all of ours is on, like, an individual basis, whereas he kind of just based him on you. And if I was a Dalek, if he was a Dalek, it'd be the same thing. I feel like we need to figure out a villain that's more tailored towards Colin as an individual versus him in relation. Well, well, I, well here's another way that maybe we could we could approach this on, like, what villain would be most likely to actually target each of us? Like, which one would we actually piss off? Oh, okay. I'd piss off anything that walks my way. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the adipose the, are coming for me. I am prime for the picking. Colin. Maybe the absorbal off for you then. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Too far. Hey, you never know. You might, might find him tasty. <laughs> hmm. Let's see, Michael. I feel like the candy man would go after you. 
the candy. Get I, back okay, to me. Okay, can you guys you give a context to the candy man? Okay, so I Does haven't he, like, seen... hand out poison candy? It's... Or something? Let me just... You know what? I think the best way... I've, just, I've seen a picture of it's him. A, it's a robot. Phone, this is what I see. SpongeBob characters. <laughs> <laughs> the candy man is a robot uh, creature that actually kills people with his own sweets. Including, le- including like, drowning them in his uh, sugary substance like raspberry he takes different flavors and um i mean if you wanted to get back at someone who has a sweet tooth for eating all the sweets that'd be a very so charlie and the chocolate ironic factory. way to go yeah sort of yeah which is more a little darker of the, yeah, yeah i i feel like for me maybe not the most likely but one of the most epic would be to be you know killed by being permanently dropped into the matrix and yeah, like the movie The Matrix or whatever, but it's like a concept in Doctor Who first. Yeah. Of like, it's called The Matrix. It's essentially this combination of a bunch of Time Lord consciousnesses plus some computer stuff going on. And, uh, you know, you can go in there and it's sort of like a virtual reality that seems in all ways real while you're there. But there's actually no reality in there at all. Right. <laughs> to make things even worse. So basically, what we're all in now is simulation. I'm just kidding. It is a Maybe. simulation, but it I also know, it's very valid. It's a very valid. Um, uh, it gets a little weird. Such a good episode too. Scream. Extremist. Extremist. Which one is extremist? Extremist. Extremist. Um, extremist. it's the word. Yeah, that's a good. Evil. That's a good villain. That's a good villainous scenario. Interesting. Yeah. Not exactly what I kind of envisioned you for saying. I was thinking more just naming a superhero versus naming. A machine that just kind of messes up your consciousnesses or whatever you said. I'll be honest, I was kind of focused on your wall colors when you were talking. Sorry. Yeah, that that, that one's a different color. It is. <laughs> I know. I know what would come after Colin, the Merka from from uh, Warriors of the Deep. It's the worst Doctor Who monster of all time. Colin hey, doesn't like. It, Colin. Colin doesn't like cheap science fiction he doesn't sometimes like the slower it. stories of yesteryears uh, you know, so I'm glad this, this would be hilarious if the worst <laughs> if the worst conceived Doctor Monster actually came after him because he's just sitting there like it's just like a, why me coming after me or something yeah, yeah. I'm glad exactly. you brought that up because <laughs> I, I was actually thinking of naming the Slovene on you because you always roll your eyes when they show up on the screen <laughs> I, well, I don't think they destroy I don't know yeah. if they destroy me I just probably no just but like, it would be an epic moment for us to like see like that that is the demise like if that was a movie moment like that would just be like a, a I'd be honored to be killed by the, by the slow name <laughs> I'd be I'd be I'd be killed with my eyes rolling I want to be there I want to give them a hug and just tell them how stupid they look and that I love them anyways and just be like the Slovene and Jace dynamic duo. Like, don't be yeah. mean. Yeah, they well, might they, make they, you one of their own. Now, the important I, I thing to know, ladies and gentlemen, is that the Slovene are all actually killed off or with one exception, but she might be good now. Um, the rest, if you see something that looks like a Slovene, it's probably just a Rex Corcofalbatorian that's just like an average dude and cool to hang out with. True. So keep that in mind. And don't be cool mean dudes? to your ex Corcorfalatorian friends. It's amazing you were <laughs> able to say it so well. Sound right now. Yeah, I did it on purpose. I love it. it I it's very it. Uh, Douglas Adams right there. Oh, thank you. Or, or Neil yeah. Gaiman. Oh, I love Neil Gaiman. Douglas Adams. Yeah, I'm not sure she is. <laughs> I hate that you My wife, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. You know what? 
Right. My friend, ladies and gentlemen. The Soul Tracks. Villain? Not a villain? No, the Soul Tracks. I think he's I don't a know good, if it's a villain. Me neither, but an antagonist. I think at one point you think it's a villain. Mm. There's a lot of Doctor Who villains, quote-unquote, like that. It's just misunderstandings, kind of. Right. Sometimes. I'm just saying he's the one that's targeting me. He's looking for friendship, and I can be a good friend to him. We'd hang out. I always you thought know, the Soul Tracks is being female. I mean, it kind of just developed that form. No, no, I I know. It's just, it's interesting that you went with he. I just, I don't know. It seemed like a situation. I should have gone with they, because I really think of it was a, you know, a gender. Well, I I was kind of thinking of it as a she. I don't know, like, a sentient universe. It's, it births life. I don't really think it cares about pronouns, because it's a way past our understanding of, like, gender and all that stuff. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, because even the doctor says that, but also. I mean, it's translating all language, too. Like, it's it's going off of, like, feelings, not, like, grammar. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it, it seemed to act more female than male to me. Oh, so suddenly we're sexist. Yeah. <laughs> I love when we admit it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I'm just saying that was my gut reaction. I thought it was interesting that Colin had a different gut reaction to it. And so no, I thought it was I, worth bringing up. I, I, I didn't I see, realize that I had that. I see the feminine characteristics. Yeah. I mean, wasn't... Okay. I don't understand, like, the feminine versus male characteristics. I mean, I feel like she or they or he or whatever... Wasn't the form of a frog because, you know, the frog thing thought it could relate to. It was trying to be something familiar, and then yeah. it took the voice of I think um, Graham's Grace, yeah, Grace, yeah. It was just trying to be something familiar, like it's yeah. Not Wait, anything. was it was it Grace the whole time? Oh, it was Grace for a while. So that actually might have probably been because I thought like, it switched to a different voice afterwards. Yeah, just it, in that last the last episode of Doctor Who for the. Um, oh right, yeah. <laughs> For this year's Christmas episode. Oh, yeah, that that part was really dumb. It didn't need to happen. They could have just ended it right where it was, but they had to go and pull something stupid for the classic 13th Doctor era. I think it was nice that the Soul Tracks made an appearance. (laughs) I think, I don't know if it's stupid, but it was definitely redundant. It was unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. And it was very... It, it took away from the whole Graham Ryan moment. The yeah, whole point was that they them. lived. It was it was about them and them moving on and living on their lives yeah. together, not about them looking back at Grace. Yeah, it's something they've grown together past their relationship with Grace because that used to be the only thing binding them together. Yeah, right. and, and now they have their own. Yeah, so bringing Grace back was keeping them together. But at the same time, I feel like that moment, even though it was supposed to be something that just happened and gets thrown under the rug, kind of gave you the idea that there was like an implied afterlife or somewhere where that she is. I think that's kind of a stretch, but I mean, they both saw it. Well, you could also see it that, you know, it was a moment that they had, you know, it was very similar to a moment they had both shared with Grace relatively recently. And they looked up and saw a bright light of the sun. They might've just imagined seeing Grace there and just looked at each other and were like, yeah, you were thinking about her too. Right. I wonder what kind of mushrooms they were scrounging around. Uh, <laughs> I don't. So, so here's the best. So here's the best villain for all of us. The best villain Chris would Chibnall. be Chris Chibnall writing the same exact bad <gasps> scripts and and scenes, just like that one, just for us to watch over and over. I feel like he does have some moments that are good. Though. Oh, I'm not saying like... I'm not saying he has bad. All yeah, his moments are bad. Broken clocks are right twice a day. 
Well, he's had some really good scripts. I mean, I like Demons of the, of the Punjab. I'm just saying, all the worst moments of Doctor Who, and not just Chris Chibnall. Let's not just so. I just feel bad because we're totally like shitting on him. No, and yeah. you're right. You're right. He's a good guy. He's and trying. All, I'm sure he's, he's he's trying. Okay, we'll take all the bad moments of any program at all and just throw it all together in one episode. I feel like he is okay. I just think he needs to take <laughs> some more lessons from. Clo- from classic who and interpret that into new who. I think that he should be replaced with Neil Gaiman. Oh, if Neil Gaiman took Mr. over. Or even Neil Mark. Neil Gaiman. Who's that? that? Or Mark Gaiman. One, one of the guys that Michael just compared my unnecessary speech to. Um, Neil Gaiman. He writes. Oh, he's so amazing. He wrote Good Omens and Lucifer, and he's written a bunch of Doctor Who episodes, and he's written American Gods, and just everything he does is, is fantastic. The Doctor's Wife. Where the doctor meets the TARDIS. I still have. Oh yeah, I seen that. That's one. the one but that yeah, the actual doctor. That's did, that's the, the one daughter. that Neil Gaiman wrote. That's I like that. Yeah, that was a really good one. I thought that was fun. Yeah. How they just gave like the TARDIS character to some random bitch in the dumpster. Exactly. Or in a dumpster plane. Um, Mark Gaddis would area. also be a great person to take over the show. Oh yeah. He's written for the show. He he's knows it very well. Too, Can I ask a question? Sure. Sure. Okay. Kind of out of nowhere, but out of all four of us, who is more doctor-like and who is more companion-like? Mm. Ooh. I'm just going to go out and say Michael's probably more doctor-like. I'm the only doctor and you are all my companions. Okay, I'll be your bitch. I don't mind. Okay, yes, Shelby. I might be a previous incarnation. I don't know. I could be a doctor. I could play that role. Well, I think we just figured out from this that Michael and I are the only contenders for the doctor because you two both just agreed with me taking control. <laughs> the doctor would not agree I'm to someone taking so control funny. like that. I, am. I don't know. I think the yeah. doctor I think the doctor very well might. Not in that go, way. Um, not if someone took control like okay, that. Okay, I get it. We're the subs. You got us. We're the companions. You ask the question. Don't ask the question if you don't want the answer, man. I don't mind being a companion. I I knew I was going to be a companion. I'm not doctor material, even though my job is literally leading him. I think my personality sometimes can lean more doctor-like than companion-like. Being a doctor isn't like the only good thing you could be. Yeah, no, I would love to be, like, a Bill or a Clara, just, like, calling him out and, like, helping him out. I feel like I'm really good at just being, like, that bitchy side character that just is very impactful towards, like, But you can also be that character, like, the Doctor, where you take charge, so... I I think my... I think I'd probably honestly be a little like Clara, where, you know, over time I just start to become more Doctor-like until it really almost feels a little crowded in the TARDIS type thing, because, like, they're both taking charge of the situation. I feel like that's the kind of role I would eventually move into if, like, put in that position. I feel Mm. like I would be the same way, actually, because that's kind of how I was for, like, my career. It's like, okay, I'm working in this position. How can I be better? How can I do more? How can I be, like, just climb up this ladder and then just be, like, the top bitch in whatever I'm doing? So I kind of feel like, yeah, I agree with that. If I was, like, the companion, I'd just kind of watch, learn, listen, and then eventually take over. That's kind of my personality. What do you think about that, Michael? About you? Yeah. Taking over like that? I don't know. You, you're the one who's, you know, seeing me. You see things that I don't about myself. I just, I'm making... I mean, yes. I think Colin made a good point, was that we each have qualities within ourselves that would allow us to be both doctor-like and companion-like. I mean, we all, yeah, all four a, of us have been in charge of something, so that's very doctor-like. 
Well, yeah, if you haven't, then you're just like a shit adult. Oh, okay, well, here's another thing, too. Which of us, if given the opportunity, would genuinely want to jump into TARDIS and run away from home and, and never look back? Oh, I'll go for that. Yeah, I, I would go for that. I mean, I'd take you with me, but... Well, yeah, I'd take you, too. What if I didn't... Well, well, I'd take all I, three of you. Well, I would plan on looking back from time to time, but I'd definitely jump in a TARDIS. I mean, mm-hmm. who's controlling the TARDIS? Am I in control? Well, I mean, you and the TARDIS are probably about equally in control. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, okay, is the Doctor enough, even enough. in control of the TARDIS? Not really. To some degree. I think one of the aspects that... But he got into a TARDIS that had a faulty navigation system, presumably on purpose. And then later, definitely on purpose. Yeah. As that moment in time gets, you know, rewritten slightly. Um, so I would say that, you know, as someone who's like looks at it and goes, okay, you can take one loved one with you. The doctor did. He brought Susan, his granddaughter. And uh, you leave the planet not knowing when or if you're going to come back. Um, ever. And not knowing if you'll ever you know, make it to where you want to go or if you'll just be popping to random places throughout time and space for the rest of your life. Would you want to go do that? Popping in and out of random places? Because if, if it was truly random... Not truly random. You you end you always end up on, like, a planet or a spaceship or something like that. Yeah, I feel like this question would be a little bit easier if I wasn't a person of color. Because kind of like with Bill, like, that can be a problem sometimes, especially going back in Earth. Yeah. That's a fair point. But I mean, like, with all of space and time in the universe of yeah. Doctor Who, anyone can have a problem. Like That's also a good point, Rosa. It's a vast, vast universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I am limiting myself more to Earth. Well, well, think about that episode with uh, Bill where, where she goes, oh, the and like, oh my god, you're, you're a blue, you're a completely blue person, and he's just like, wow, wow you're such a racist. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm normally on the receiving end of that, and he's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. You know, so like, you don't know, but like, let's say, I mean, the doctor would have known reasonably about the universe, but let, let's say that you had a reasonable understanding that like, you know, in the wherever else you go, you're it's probably not going to be a big deal. Yeah, if it's aliens, it, like they're yeah. not going to care. I could be like a domino for all yeah. they care, not question it. Right, or they would question it the same as they would any other person. Really yeah. easily, you know. Anyone, okay. you know, any Dalek that you meet, it's not going to be a good outcome. I mean, genuinely, I think someone would be out of their mind to just fly with some kind of alien throughout time and space. See, I, if, I, if I were in that situation, I would convince Colin to come with me and we would be jumping in that TARDIS. We would say goodbye to everyone and we would, you know, try I don't to come know. back. It, it is the adventure of a lifetime. It would be, uh, be appealing, but I, I'd like to know a lot of specifics. But also, like, about, we've seen what the companions have been through, like, once it's over. Like, Right, that's the thing. How do you recover from that? Like, like am I just Sarah? going along with the doctor to whatever scheme he's doing, you know, next? The thing is, is that I think it would be worth the risk. And one of the reasons I try it. One of the reasons why I would definitely get inside that TARDIS is because I share that sense of wonder that the Doctor has. It's gonna get. You and killed. I would probably. Hey, if it gets me killed, fine. So be I'm it. I'm not fine I'd rather, with it, dude. <laughs> I'd rather. I'd rather go because I've explored and I've gone and seen things that I've never seen before, than to just stay here and be safe. He'd rather die a big death than live a small life. I am small. 
That's not. That's not at all. That makes sense. I was joking. Okay, I feel like that makes sense. It's like the saying: "It's better to have loved than lost, and never to have loved at all." Exactly, and and that sense of wonder. I I mean, the moment uh, that the that David Tennant's doctor sees the werewolf in in that uh, Tooth and Claw episode, that's like that's me. I would be like, wow, that's really cool. That's fascinating. I would I want know. to see yeah, aliens and, and things that, that were a little more dangerous, but also maybe at a slight distance. Even if I'm on board the TARDIS, just looking out the scanner screen would be kind of fun just to see something that's not Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, to be honest, at least in the beginning, I'd probably listen to the doctor's you know, advice like for longer than most of the companions do, where he's just like, Stay here. I'm going to go check if it's safe. I'd probably do that the first few times. And, you know, it seems like you have all of everything that you need taken care of. I mean, yeah. if you stay on the TARDIS, it seems like there's always plenty of resources, food, alcohol, even sometimes the real good stuff. Yes. Well, here's the thing, too. Yeah, is and that you're, like, living in a vast, like, mansion of, like, a world. Well, well, Colin, you and I also have an advantage because if we were going together and also you two and Michael and Jace, if you guys were going together. What if together, we all went? If we all went... See, we would have other people that we'd shared the experience with, so we wouldn't be totally capable of relating to each other. And then, like, I would think of it as, you know, I've got Colin. I, you know, that's my stability in life. So I would have him going into it. I would have him coming out of it. And even after the doctor's gone, you know, we'd figure it out. But if it was before I met Colin, then, you know, I would definitely do it. Um, Still, you know, (laughs) Absolutely. Um, but like, I think I would have tr- more trouble recovering when I came back because then also I'd also be, you know, who knows how much longer and, you know, hadn't had a job or a relationship in years. Everything I know is severely outdated, potentially, you know, all sorts of stuff. You I know, so we, we, yeah, it would be hard to, uh, to adjust back to life. Just to throw in real quick, I know that the different eras of Doctor Who definitely have change drastically like if you look at some of the William Hartnell stuff you'll see that they're checking all the instrumentation they're checking the scanner screen they're looking at every little possible thing that could go wrong before they leave the TARDIS once you get to like David Tennant Matt Smith they're jumping out the TARDIS door before you can even say cheese so it's like it's one of those things where I think it just depends on also if if you have a different doctor, which doctor would you, and I know this is a completely different topic, but if you had a different doctor to go with, it, you would have to look at all the different doctors and see, okay, which one's going to be the more safe to be with, which one's going to be, which incarnation is going to be the, the more likely that I'll be dead before tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of those things that, I mean. That's what I was going to ask. As like, an audience. That's what I was going to ask. If you guys had to choose a doctor, like which doctor would you actually like, run away with knowing that (sighs) I I guess we can dive into that well honestly David Tennant's doctor I feel like would work the hardest to take care of me and keep me safe out of any of of the other ones so probably him just like rationally i feel like i would have a really great time with matt smith's doctor like we would probably just like encourage each other and amp each other up and get like way too excited about going and doing things all the time um 
but I think it would be a blast. I'd probably be dead in a year from exhaustion, if nothing else. <laughs> you see, my answer might be quite surprising, because I, the first Doctor I thought of was like, oh, Peter Capaldi, but at the same time, I'm like, I think that our personalities could potentially clash. <laughs> I would worry that Matt Smith lying all so, the time would really piss me off. Yeah, for me, it would be more just like we're both kind of, like, bratty. Oh. So that could be problematic. So I feel like I would have to go with, like, a less crotchety of a doctor. So I I honestly, what do you guys think? Because I really, I can't. You know, if, if it was Peter Capaldi in Series 10 with Bill, I think I might be more inclined to, to pick him because he was a bit softer then and... and you know, kind of, and took and took a much more professorial role. You know, he was he was teaching her yeah. the whole time, and like that, I feel like I would, I you know, do great that in me. that experience of having someone like who's like trying to teach it. But yeah, I'm still with you that I don't know he would be hard. I, I don't know. I don't know who's right for, for me. Kind of Tenet makes sense. I, I like your answer. I think Tenet could work with Jace. I think. I feel no. like. Uh, I, no, I know exactly who I'm would work with Jace. I'm curious to what Michael yeah, would say. Keep in mind, keep in mind what Michael. Michael and I are pretty opposite in pretty much every way you, you can You think Tom Baker? No. No, I, I know that Jace would absolutely do the best with the 13th Doctor because she tries to be so inclusive and family-oriented. Oh, I hate your emotion, you. Your emotional side would I want to you. be included and want... Oh, like the so fourth, right. the fourth doctor is very standoffish and not inclusive at all. And you've got she's um, like the can like she's like the se- perfect cancer. Yeah, doctor. second doctor might also work for you there because the and second doctor is very welcome. If thirteenth, you could hit on Graham. Yeah, yeah. So I the, the second <laughs> doctor. Yeah, I kind of have a question yet for me too. The second doctor is also very welcoming, and and I need very to watch more of the second doctor, but I'm kind of mad. Unifying. That you said Jody, only because keep in mind when we voted which Doctor Michael is most like, most like we lo- a lot of us agreed on Jody Whitaker because <laughs> of his personality. Uh, okay, but I do have to say though, he lacked I could titties. see Jace with uh, John Pertwee. That might work because I mean, of the I know older... it, I know it's not a personality combo that they did, on, you know, in yeah, his no. era by, by any stretch of the imagination, but I just feel like you guys would get along. He was, you know, will he just, like, freaking, like, builds stuff out of, like, random crap that's around, and he, like, works in a lab, and, you know, he, he's pretty much stuck on Earth, but he, you know, eventually can travel around a bit, and, like, he just sort of runs around doing, you know whatever he wants and pretending he's working for unit basically and um yeah. you know he like also beats people up he like learned learned some sort of martial art thing and I yeah I, I feel like and he, he drives around one of those really old school cars and his hair's like yeah. this and Michael's hair? <laughs> like no it's like michael's hair michael's hair was poofed like up like that yeah yeah uh, and he wears a cape. About the same. Oh, I love Curly Floof. Yeah. See, I feel like, I feel like he'd be third Doctor. I think Colin would actually get along with Colin Baker's sixth Doctor, especially the latter part. But I think you would be a good offset yes, for the Colin six. Colin and Colin. Yeah. You know what? You would intellectually stimulate yeah. each other. Yes. You and guys he would. You are perfect for Colin because he has like kind of like a stick up his ass. And, yeah. You would bit. soften him a lot. Yeah. You would. You would. Stick. 
Ooh, and that would be a really good combo. Because I remember th- thinking Glitz would have been a great companion to <laughs> offset. I mean, uh, he, he almost was. And and so and knowing that, Colin, you would you would totally take on that role. I could see you being perfect for All the right. Sixth Doctor. And the I'll Sixth Doctor the is very – he's very just and becomes extremely kind, kind of like Peter Capaldi's Doctor. But it's just – I could see that very easily. And you'd probably kind of mellow his clothing. Out being kind of a prick. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I could see that totally. I'm so, like, I'm very content oh, all right. with you. We haven't, we haven't done Michael yet. I doesn't, nope. Okay, Michael. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not because you know. I think, I think there's a, I mean, I think there's a lot of doctors I'd probably go with. But, but I think if I had to choose personally... I think if a doctor were to choose you, it would be Tom Baker's. Possibly. I think so. Kind of a Harry very, Sullivan-like very, character. I could be Harry Sullivan. Well, I, I could be more... I could also be kind of... Um, the giant penguin? I could also Rory be more... Sure. I could also be more Rory-like, too, I think. I don't I think could, so. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't that. think so. Definitely no. not Rory-like. No, Rory's I, way too slapstick. Well, yeah, okay, you've be, got you've got Rory's yeah. loyalty, but like other than that, not really. Maybe Sergeant Benton, more like a Sergeant Benton. Yeah, I don't know. I always felt like he had kind of a flat personality. Like, I'm thinking he was more, very loyal, though. He was the most loyal yeah, very loyal, loyal. But that was pretty much all he had to his character. No, he had a pretty good. I thought it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Maybe the Brigadier. I don't know. Michael's kind of like canine. He is. He is. Oh my god, uh, you I'm could the, be the king. So I'm, I'm Vicky? No. No, you kind of... I'm not... Because the thing is, when we were doing our things, we didn't compare ourselves to companions. Like, I'm basing right. what doctor I think works for I you. Oh, okay, okay, oh, oh, okay, so I, I know, know this, this is, like, really a separate thing, and I feel like it's canon, but I'm not sure. But that, that canine show, the one in, like, Australia or whatever, Remember okay. that we saw? Um, that one, like, where K-9's, like, the star and going around the world, like, defeating things. I do, I do kind of feel like that's how you'd handle stuff. You'd just be like, here's the practical way to go through. All right, everyone ready? And they like, charge into it. And, like, just the kind of things that they tackle and stuff. Yeah. It just, you know, and sort of how it's all kind of, like, a central little, little group of sort of a, a pseudo family going on. Like, I just feel like that's the kind of thing that you would generate. So yeah, I think I'd ja- say it doesn't Jack also kind of do that too, when he's with the ninth doctor in a sense, where he's, Oh, I Cause don't he, know he's that very, I would qualify you as a captain Jack. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to claim myself as captain Jack. No, I, I was just, I was just saying that maybe yeah, you are a little kid. Like, but anyways, okay. Doctor, so, that would be what? Oh, we're just having our own side conversation. <laughs> um, so the fourth, so the fourth doctor is who um, you think could. I could how see. How about you let her say that? I'm. I'm. Why? That was already said. So was it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. I did. Okay. Uh, cool. Mentioned that, but but maybe. Uh, I could even see William Hartnell actually. Because your personality is more like the Jodie Whittakers, the Matt Smiths, and the more David Tennant on a good day kind of personality so I feel like with like Colin working out with Colin you need like the opposite kind of personality to kind of, kind of balance each other out so when Shelby said William Hartnell I was kind of like what but I'm like okay that kind of makes sense because you're also a very patient character and you see the good in people and he's known as one of those doctors that are 
more harder to get along with. So I feel like that makes sense. Well, plus you like to like take your time and look around at places and he didn't move very fast. So that would work out nicely. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, no, I could, I could so tell the You should be honored. <laughs> no, yeah, no, original. but I'm really more, more of what Jace is saying. <laughs> yeah. So you're like a, like a patient, pretty chillax personality. You're basically there to kind of calm everything down. Yeah, and any kind of... And Ian Chesterton. And on the opposite yeah, end, actually. I'm the one who's yeah. uptight, so I need someone who's a little bit like Jody or like Matt Smith to kind of just bring balance me out with a call, you know, just about yeah. balance, basically. Yeah, I can see that. Everything in moderation, in perfect Did harmony. Did we come up with one for you? Or no, well, I came up with ones for me, but you guys didn't. Um, yeah, we didn't think about it like, as a dynamic. Like, You need someone who wouldn't lie. I would think the fifth doctor or the... Um, second doctor would be good for you in that regard. I think they don't lie. You're a complex. I, I think one. a David Tennant Shelby foil yeah, would be a fun. Yeah, that would, would be, be a good. fun combo. I don't think David Tennant really lied too much to his companions. Either. You know why I think David Tennant would be good for you? Because you have a very complex personality, and David Tennant's a very complex doctor. Because with him, he has moments where like he's air quote good but he also has moments where he's like air quote bad and i could kind of roll with that yeah exactly. i feel like you guys could have like a, a martha and and david like a camaraderie i disagree with that no, no. i don't think that i'd develop a crush on the doctor no i didn't didn't mean martha i mean um donna sorry donna yeah, yeah. yes i guess yeah. that yeah You'd be like the Donna to David Tennant. I could kind of, uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could also see myself getting along with the Eighth Doctor. Oh, yeah, I always forget about him. <laughs> Poor Eighth. I haven't the seen The George Lazenby so. of Doctors. The Eighth Doctor is Ew. very, actually, <laughs> Jace would also Wait, get Is that just a made-up name to make everyone go who? Because if so, that's a fantastic thing George Lazenby? Yeah. No, that's the, the, he played James Bond in one James Bond movie only. Oh, okay. And that was it. So that's why Paul McGann's known as the George Lazenby of Doctor Who. Ah, the Lazenby but, effect. Exactly. <laughs> um, and Lazenby came right between the greatest Sean Connery and Roger Moore. So it was like sandwiched in between the two greats. And, of course, Roger Moore was in, like, what, 15 films or something crazy like that. And Sean, obviously, was the original. So, um, But, no, I think the Eighth Doctor would work well with Jace, too, because he's – the Eighth Doctor's very – very kind of even-keeled mellow. But that drives me crazy sometimes. Sometimes, but he would... But he's also got times. that kind of exuberance, kind of excitement. He's a bit frenetic. I don't know he's, what that word means. He's like... That's... I don't, I don't know. That's a movement, shall we? <laughs> yeah, that didn't help the audience that's listening to us. But okay, we'll yeah. go for it. But anyway, well, I think we've exhausted our... Conversation. Yeah, we've had yeah, a lot right. of good yeah. topics. Should we rate our topics? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this was an interesting experiment. However, moving forward, I feel like we should be a little bit more focused on one subject as opposed to like diving into like three different other. Says the attention. person that asked the the burning you questions that led us into it. three or four other topics. <laughs> Y'all need to just. I think the progression was natural, and I think we need, it to, was very we need to balance you like Jody. What do you guys think? <laughs> I hate Jody. You can email us at thehoovianbrookie@gmail.com. Or if you don't want to email us, just send us a Facebook message or something. Yeah, or just be like, 
Hey. We'll be watching the skies for carrier pigeons. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be blessed by a bird, so I would not mind that. If any of you guys wanted to drop a cockatiel off at my doorstep, I will gladly care for it. You will not be getting it back. (laughs) No. Not at all. Have a good night, you all. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see. Listen, hope you're all listening next week. Can you speak English, sir? <laughs> I'm trying to. Bye now. And bye bye. Adios. Bye. Au revoir. Ciao.